What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 136. Here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? I'm good, man. Happy holidays to you. It's it's hard to believe that um, 136 episodes have passed here. We're getting to the end somehow of 2023. Um, and, uh, it, it, you know, it's it's nice to know that we, we can always just talk football, right? It's true. It's true. Um, we can talk football and we can do some some predictions here. But a quick one. Start yeah. bench Shell Bretton with Christian Ronald, oh, Eden Hazard, and Mo Salah. How would you line them up? Oh, oh, are you trying to get like some sort of Ronaldo hate or something out of me? No, you will never get that from me. I, I know <laughs> Ronaldo. I know what he I know what he provides. Cristiano Ronaldo would start for me. Um, and you know what? This isn't even difficult for me. I, I I appreciate Mo Salah. I appreciate his consistency. I appreciate what already is a ridiculously ridiculous legacy that is ongoing for Liverpool. But in terms of if I'm going like if I'm going absolute prime, Aiden Hazard in his prime, and I'm putting him out there. I mean, he'd be my, he'd be on my bench, uh, and then I'd, I'd sell Mo Salah because uh, I know he's an asset to absolutely any team out there, and it's more about consistency with him than you know electrification of a football pitch. So yeah, I, I that might be, uh, I don't know, is that, does that deem myself controversial here? Or am I right? Is there a right answer to this? Well, put in the comment section down below, what would be your start bench sell community? But I would start oh. Christian Ronaldo, I would bench Eden Hazard, and I would sell Mo Salah in prime talk. If it's longevity, i put Mo Salah on the bench and sell Hazard. Yeah. But with primes, mm. one of the best dribblers I've ever seen in my life was Eden Hazard. So tell us down below your choices, people. Well, but prime well, talk... Would anybody pri not... <laughs> yeah, but would would anybody not start Cristiano Ronaldo? Oh, that that would be that would be uh, a very critical opinion if anyone has that. I will definitely Explain answer that yourself. because start Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo is hundred percent the last Ballon d'Or yeah. contender in the Premier League. Something that Man United <laughs> would dream to have right now. All their mm. forwards, if mm. we count Martial. Rashford and Hoyland, they've got two goals until the game of Liverpool too. So that is so sad that that's the case. A team that has no solutions. Eric Ten Hag put the blame on Christian Ronaldo, but it's not his attitude that was the problem. Jaden Sancho was the last forward to score a goal in Old Trafford in the Premier League. That was in the 28th of May that that happened. Don't blame it on Christian yeah. Ronaldo. So. <laughs> oh, it is. It, it, it is. I mean, bottom of their Champions League group, um, seven losses, I believe, before the uh, before the match versus Liverpool over the weekend. Uh, seven losses at Old Trafford. Um, oh. I mean, that that's just it. Just is seemingly unheard of. Um, but I think there's a humbling that's going on with Ten Hag, uh, in a sense of I, I believe he realizes that. Uh, I, I, there's like, you have to hold on to Eric Ten Hag, mm -hmm. I think. Right I now. I don't know of a better way through this. You do. Yeah, you need consistency. And I know I think I said that um, a while back. Uh, I might have even said that at one point with Solskjaer. But I honestly don't know. What are your other options, Manchester United? 
It's true. What are your options? It's true. And they need I, a sporting um, director aligned with a top manager. But to get those two mm-hmm. will be definitely very, very hard right now. But let us know, too, right. what would be your suggestions for Man United? Because, yes, Man United was last in the group in the Champions League with Galatasaray yeah. and Copenhagen. Big respect to Copenhagen for what they did with Hoyland's brother and Rooney Vargi. But it's unacceptable. One win, one draw, and four losses in a Champions League campaign. But- for a team like Man United, things but even need worse, to change, and they need to get a finisher for sure involved. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and and to to add insult to injury, there they were also bottom of their UEFA Youth League group, and uh, I, you know, we we are a little biased here at FC Wonderkid, but we generally do look at the Youth League. Would we love seeing guys like Kabi Mainu get his shot at glory here? Um, but but that's not that's not a testament to. Um, what we know at one point has had been a very strong suit for Manchester United, which was a burgeoning academy, an academy where um, you wanted trusted. to see men come through. And now that that has switched, even though Manchester City is not exactly having the greatest of days, at least in Pep's tenure, they have been able to give an opportunity as of late uh, to some young bucks that actually uh, really stepped up mm-hmm. uh, in their Champions League, their last Champions League tilt. But um, yeah, it, things in Manchester right now are pretty interesting. It's football heritage, Breton. It's football yeah. heritage, just like yeah. Jose Mourinho warned Man United fans. Man United has a hor- horrible campaign in the Champions League. And in the other hand, Man City has an immaculate campaign. 100% wins in the Champions League. Times have changed. Right. And Man City and Real Madrid are the only two teams in this Champions League campaign that have 100% wins. And only 13 teams in the past Champions Leagues managed to do the same. Incredible feats by two players that are the two stars, Erling Haaland and Jude Bellingham, that were beforehand teammates at Borussia Dortmund. It's just like someone's yeah. writing the story of football before our eyes, Breton. Come on. But Man City... <laughs> It's absolutely worrying, okay, for me at least, to see their form right now at home in the Etihad. They were winning 2-0 Crystal Palace, and they uh, they drew 2-2. And the truth is, Man City's bad form right now is one win in their last six Premier League games and four draws. They need something new, and they definitely need Kevin De Bruyne back okay that's what's needed the sauce that isn't there anymore and he will be the big difference because we've seen man city have hiccups in the past but the truth is man city if they win the premier league this season it will be the first time a premier league team wins four in a row and it's not easy to stay at the top and this mode this is the motivation this bad form is the motivation that this team will need in the second half of the season where people are starting to doubt. Never doubt Guardiola with this team. No, <laughs> Just no, warning the no, FC Wonder Gu- Kid fans. Okay? Never but, doubt. But Guar- Guardiola, I mean, he, he understands this. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with people. You know, one win in six and the only win is over Luton Town. Yeah, fine. That, that, that I guess, should scare you. It should spur you on. It should uh, weed out complacency. I mean, Kyle Walker hasn't really looked good, right? There's been other players that just have not looked great. Um, but when it comes down to it, yeah, Gavardio. But when it comes down to it for me, uh, it makes me appreciate the, the longevity and the consistency of what Pep Guardiola has put 
in place at Manchester City that much more. That we are talking about a six-game, uh, one win over six games, and and you literally have people basically crying in the X streets, right, or crying in the Twitter streets um, about, you know, is Guardiola capped? Is he complacent? Is he this? Is he that? But I am going to caution, not that anybody's necessarily listening to me, but I am going to caution Manchester City that you cannot rely on what obviously was the 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 biggest uh, proponent of last year's success. You cannot rely on just the Kevin De Bruyne effect. You cannot rely on that second half of the season, don't worry, we always catch him effect, because sometimes it doesn't materialize. You don't know if this stress reaction becomes the stress fracture that, you know, kills... uh, I was a distance runner back in the day. It is a death knell to get that stress reaction, because you, you have to... I don't know of a better word, but you have to pussyfoot around it to the point where you wind up getting that stress fracture because it's impossible to uh, to keep stress reactions uh, from becoming fractures if you are someone that literally needs to stand on your feet for 90-plus minutes and be as physically demanding as Erling Holland is. So City's form mm-hmm. is great, but at the same time, you cannot rely on just, oh, don't worry, we'll catch him in the second season or second half of the season. With that said, with that said... Um, you know, that's exactly what they're good at. <laughs> I mean, it feels like if they are by December 31st through the festive fixtures, if they are within five to eight points of Liverpool or Arsenal or hell, even Aston Villa at the top, it will feel like Manchester City will come back in that second half of the season. So it's crazy will, what Pep Guardiola has done. I think crazy. they will, Bretson. And going with what you said, yep. I said at the start, Man City have 100% wins in a Champions League. I know it's an easy group, mm-hmm. but they still have those wins. In the Premier League, they may not have the best team right now, but they will get the top form soon. When they have Rodri, when they have De Bruyne, when they have Haaland, Bernard yeah. Silva, all gearing up. And now this season, there's no Mahrez, but there's Doku. There's alternatives. And even a player like Rico Lewis, that Rico Lewis from Man City in the Champions League is the player with most minutes played and assists too. The player with most assists. So he's been vital at a 19 years old. He's going to be an English national team player always from now on. And he deserves to be that. Established too. Mm -hmm. Something that we can say too about Cole Palmer, that is right now one of the stars of Chelsea. And Chelsea beat Sheffield United 2-0. And Cole Palmer in Cole Palmer is the last Chelsea player to have a goal and an assist in the same game consecutively in his last three games. This is phenomenal, okay? Cole Palmer to be doing this. And Cole Palmer for Chelsea right now, six goals, three assists in the Premier League. He's been called up for England. He did the right choice to go to London. So the start Mm. of a great career is upon us with Chelsea, with Cole Palmer. Well, yes. Uh, As you said, six goals, three assists in 10, uh, what, his last 10 Premier League games. Uh, He is possibly the only one on the field for Chelsea, because let's not get ahead of ourselves. It was a win over Sheffield United, who is bottom of the table. Mm -hmm. It should have been a win. But... Uh, he is the only one that when he receives the ball, uh, you feel like something. Every time he touches it, something's going to happen. He's the only one on that field for me, right? That feels that way. 
Um, and that, in and of itself, at 21 years old, coming out of the shadows, right, of Manchester City, wanting a big, not a bigger stage, but a more consistent stage to play on, mm-hmm. um, I, that in and of itself is absolutely massive. And I, one thing that did not escape me, Alex, is I did see that Enzo Fernandez was not in the 11. And I'm going to say this right now, and I, I haven't quite thought this out. Maybe somebody else in, in the comments can continue to fill this in. But Enzo Fernandez not in the 11 makes sense to me, and here's why. He's too good for Chelsea. He's too good for Chelsea. So He's how should Chelsea play? Chelsea is. Connor Gallagher? I don't know. And I, I know. Connor Gallagher is better for Chelsea in this moment right now. Connor Gallagher is better for Chelsea in this moment right now. That is not saying that Enzo Fernandez is a worse player. Enzo Fernandez is a Rolls Royce, and right now they need a Ford. Okay. They need somebody that is just an engine room for the most part, that that is direct, that that plays. Uh, Enzo Fernandez is too good. I, th- this is exactly where my um, my ability to to communicate this point well uh, probably plays out. It'll probably get misconstrued, but Enzo Fernandez is too good for that eleven. And to be honest, to be honest, I think he should be somewhere else in January. It's not going to happen, but he should be somewhere else in January because Cole Palmer is built for this Chelsea moment. Connor Gallagher is built for this Chelsea moment, right? Enzo Fernandez should be on a Manchester City. Enzo Fernandez should be on a Bayern Munich or something, right? Fighting for Champions League. That's just my opinion. Um, it, it's not to say he's, he's, well, I did already say that he's too good for Chelsea, but for this moment, um, that's why I think Enzo might not be in the 11 as much as we think he's going to be in the near future. Well, Enzo and Caicedo, for me, are the two players in midfield that have the best capabilities, but Conor Gallagher, until now, has been the best midfielder. That, for me, yeah. is fucked. But Pochettino coming out and saying, our reality is mid-table, is M embarrassing for a Chelsea manager it to is. be saying this after what they spend 1 billion that cannot yeah. be the case and Kuku's gonna be I back agree. you don't have the best goalkeeper still you got Robert Sanchez you got Nicholas Jassen these are players that yeah. arrived with the expectations of cre- having a difference I cannot accept yeah. fans Chelsea fans saying we need Ozime or bust no, you need to start believing in your team and backing what they can do right now. Enzo and Caicedo, for me, Bretton, that has to be the double pivot anytime. And Cole Palmer should be I there, and then Kunku should be at winger, if in order for all them to play. That cannot be the case. Yeah. The statement, that, shit, that statement got me so, so mad. But I do believe <laughs> they'll be getting Ozime, that had one of the best assists this weekend. To Kvaratskhelia, yeah. please go see the he tape. Did. And Ozime was considered, too, the best African player in 2023. Completely deserved. Yeah. And he's obviously the yeah. player that suits the best Chelsea's needs. If he comes to Chelsea, yeah. they automatically uh-huh. are a top six contender. Not playing like this right now with teams like Newcastle, Brighton, uh, Aston Villa, all ahead of them. And Tottenham, too. Well, <laughs> all um, ahead. I, I, um, I agree with you wholeheartedly on um, on that statement, right? But it is kind of a characteristic of what Chelsea is dealing with um, right now. And that, that kind of, I guess, plays into that Enzo just being too too big. And I think Moises Caicedo, too, at some point will snap back to his best form. Mm. Um, he's already playing a little bit better uh, here and there, but they, they bought uh, too much too soon for, uh, for, for where they are 
as a club in terms of whatever this rebuild is, whatever new strategy Todd Bowley has come up with um, as of late. So I will be really, really interested to see what they do with Enzo from here on out. Um, and yeah, I, I know it's Sheffield United. He probably was due a rest anyway, whatever. Um, but it is really interesting that they obviously played maybe a little more of their most comprehensive game uh, without him in there because I think Enzo's, uh, he's a Rolls Royce and you need a Ford. I'll and say it Tiag again. But and Tiag Silva is the real captain mm -hmm. of Chelsea too. It's not Reece James. It's not Levi Colville. It's the veteran that knows what to do. Tiag Silva needs sure. more responsibility because he deserves it for what he's done in football the real captain but, of but Chelsea quick, too and yes um and that was also a mistake I said it day one and I'm not the only one that said it but when they announced Reese James and mm -hmm. they announced Ben Chilwell I said oh gosh that's only a matter of time until both of those guys are out injured and no I don't want to see Reese James injured no I don't want to see Chile injured I no I don't want to see anyone I don't yep. even want to see Cucurella injured when it comes down to it though why are you naming them name a vice captain fine but Thiago Silva is the true captain of that team. That's yes. exactly who deserves it. Thick or thin, if he wants to play until he's 45, he could probably still have the captain's armband uh, because he's the only one that's going to help these guys get out of this muck. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, okay, Sheffield United was a step in the right direction, but the injuries continue to keep on coming. Kukurea is going to be out, so you're going to see Malo Gusto, you're going to see uh, uh, Levi Colville get all the game time in the world um, from here on out with Reese James uh, again, on a sideline for the next three, four months, potentially. And also, Robert Sanchez is now out. And he'll be out probably for the next two, three months. But I like this from my MLS days, my MLS bias. You've got uh, one of Todd Bowley's signings, um, Major League Soccer, New England Revolution, Georgi Petrovic got his first start in goal. And uh, yeah, he clean-sheeted Sheffield United. And it's generally a good thing when you're not commenting on a Chelsea goalkeeper after a game because it generally means that they didn't have much to do. And that's exactly what Chelsea fans probably want from here on out. But good on Georgi Petrovic for getting his first start. Congratulations to the New England Revolution to seeing their goalkeeper from the last few years uh, elevated to such a level. So it's that was cool. It's that true, cool Pek Pekovic. That was quite interesting to see, but that keeps to be. That's still the problem at Chelsea. You had Kepa and Mendy. Much better keepers yep. than that than the player that you just mentioned. How can they sure. downgrade so hard in every single sector? That cannot be the case when you see other teams ascending in the Premier League right now. And one of them is yeah. Tottenham. Tottenham that appointed the right manager with Enje Postagoglu. Two wins now, back to back. It's nice to see things are changing. And Vicario. Vicario is the goalkeeper with most clean sheets in the Premier League. The best goalkeeper is still Alisson. But it's good to see that the immediate impact of Vicario is to make... The difference. Mm -hmm. Something that we should see with every single goalkeeper that lands in a top team. And Bar and, and Verbruggen. Interesting to see for yeah. Brighton. He had quite good saves against Arsenal too. But yes, Anche yeah. Postegoglu arrived at Tottenham, understands the culture of Tottenham, improved a lot of players already at Tottenham, the likes of Papsach, yeah. Bisuma, Pedro Poch, and the players he did on transfer were all good choices. The majority of them at least. Madison, the big highlight, Mickey van der Ven, and now Vicario, like I'm mentioning. This is the difference, understanding the culture and making the difference towards it. The only player I'd say that for Pochettino is literally Cole Palmer. And I think that's more of a Cole Palmer thing than a Pochettino difference, in my 
point of view. But let let us know. Let us know what you're thinking. <laughs> well, Will Tottenham win a other... trophy this season? <laughs> <sighs> I don't know, man. Those those injuries keep stacking up. <laughs> those injuries keep stacking up as well, and it's it's uh, pretty pretty ridiculous mm-hmm. to see. And and Basuma, uh, as as great as it has been to see him. Um, uh, kind of shine for Big Ange and Spurs this season. Uh, he needs to slow that roll because that's his second red card uh, in as what Ooh. in in a very young season. And um, he, he he hurt that game. He hurt that game a whole lot um, in getting sent off. And Brennan Johnson getting injured uh, against Forrest, That's tough to see. But all the other players, everyone that's for the most part that's coming in mm-hmm. has been great. Uh, Dayan Kulisevsky, One of the big things we talked about in the off season for him was mm-hmm. that finishing or the ability to just get that finishing product on the plate. And uh, he has done that. And hey, don't don't. I, I, I wouldn't start betting on him, Alex, mm-hmm. but don't count Richarlison out. He has scored a few goals. Three goals I know he's in the last still two only games. Got, you know, you got to give him some love for that. Obviously, uh, you can't go back and rewrite time mm-hmm. and uh, give him goals for the last season and a half. But um, this is exactly what you need right now with as many injuries as Spurs has got. Mm-hmm. Big Ange is keeping that flow. He's keeping keeping uh, trust in the way Spurs plays. So you need a Richarlison. You do, whether you like it or not. You need a Richarlison until you find somebody else. For sure. Um, and Be- because yeah. the difference is, Richarlison, yes, scores three goals in two game in his last two games in the Prem. But still, you yeah. need guarantees, Breton. And guarantees you come do. with a Santiago Jimenez or another striker like Victor Gioqueres that would have an immediate impact for Tottenham. Mm. I do expect, True. not maybe in January, but definitely in the summer if they don't get in January, a striker to arrive at Tottenham. And more midfielders too, mm. because I see Hoiberg news to leave. But yes, you're talking about That's injuries, bad. and the perfect team to end my end, to end on my side with the Premier League is Newcastle. Yep. Because Newcastle Oof. reacted extremely well towards the injuries that they had, and that Dan Byrne was back in the 11, and Dan Byrne scored. Mm. But my highlight with Newcastle is Brun Guimarães is a legend Mm. in the making for Newcastle. He's got 81 games, 11 goals, 9 assists in his record for this team. And Brun Guimarães, if he were to leave Newcastle, Mm. 100 million minimal. Okay, but they don't need the money. So I expect him to become a legend of this team if they convince him that Newcastle is the right project for his career. That come on, well, like reminiscent with David Silva a bit, Brunghi Marange, <laughs> at the start yeah. with City. And, and listen, they, they, they were, Newcastle were handed a group of death in the Champions League. It was mm-hmm. always going to be tough to get out of it. I think uh, injuries, uh, the Tenali suspension, all that stuff has True. really hurt. Uh, their depth to be able to compete on both ends, but you mm-hmm. got a glimpse of what Newcastle could provide. Could provide, and on top of that, you got a glimpse on how much of a fortress St. James Park um, is going to be from here on out. I mean, eight wins, I think they have in in nine nine matches this season. And I know Raul Jimenez made that a very easy day for them, uh, getting sent off very early. Uh, but you are 100% spot on about Bruno Guimaraes. And I'm going to just add one more kind of untangible, non-tangible that Bruno Guimaraes provides. I think he was the only one on the pitch probably happier than Lewis Miley uh, when Lewis Miley scored his first Premier League goal. I think he had a bigger smile than Lewis Miley had on his face 
uh, after seeing this 17-year-old who has not looked out of place at all with all of these injuries, Mm -hmm. um, watching him become the youngest Premier League scorer for Newcastle United uh, of all time. And on top of that, I think he's the youngest in over 15 years in the Premier League uh, to score a goal. So just to see Bruno celebrate with this kid, um, to feel that goal as much as Lewis felt it on the day, uh, that's just a- another kind of testament to his his character and, and what he provides to that Newcastle team. It's Such a shrewd, smart signing, and it makes me wonder when we get to our U23s that need moves why they don't go after a couple other Lyon players that need exits um, from here on out. But listen, St. James Park, Newcastle at St. James Park is wonderful. But just uh, just imagine mm-hmm. if Newcastle had any sort of an ounce of away form this season. I mean, they are, if you just took away form, Alex, this season in the Premier League, they'd be so close to relegation they could taste it. Okay? <laughs> if you just took the away form, they're horrendous away. I mean, recently they turned into a different team, losing uh, three zip to Everton. Mm-hmm. I get, we'll, we'll talk about Everton in a second, but uh, you know, I get Everton's reformed. I get they're on their way back and they've got a common enemy, but they also lost two zip to Areola's uh, Bournemouth. I mean, team. there's just some shock results in that side. And that's, that's a conundrum that Eddie Howe needs to solve for the second half of the season. Um, but still, 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 still doing. Uh, I yeah. think it's interesting to refer the away end and I think the away results. And I think that comes in hand with the experience of injured players that are out players like Botman, players like Daldan Byrne is back. But I, I believe they need to improve on that end. Even Trippier that wasn't there. But Tino Livramento, I've, I've, heard, I've seen that he's got Portuguese heritage mm-hmm. and Scottish heritage too. But please, pick Portugal okay to represent because he can play left back and right back. One of the best <laughs> young fullbacks in the world right now. I'm going to say that. It might be a bold statement for many, but look how he plays for Newcastle when he gets a chance. Very secure and very good. Reliable, okay, for this Newcastle team. And what I got to say on Newcastle, on last thing is Anthony Gordon. Anthony Gordon, six mm. goals, four assists in the Premier League. Brun Guimarães, Anthony Gordon, Dan Byrne, Nick Pope, Botman, all players that came to Newcastle and understood the project and are willing to to show a lot of hard work towards winning with the project. Something that we don't see with Tottenham, uh, with United, and something we see with Tottenham too, with the players that they're getting. It's all about the transfer policy and the way they play with the team. And Postagoglu with Tottenham successful, Newcastle with Eddie Howe successful too. So Eric Ten Hag with United, that's what you need to fix: the right transfer policy well. with. The right manager. I wanted to refer it, to that. It, and Arsenal is like it a cheat code. It makes sense. <laughs> like yeah, Arsenal yeah, without yeah. Dita, like the security and the stability that they have. Arsenal is now a Champions League team. Arsenal is a team with Saliba, Odegaard, Declan Rice, Martinelli. So many players that are well established and one step away of being considered world class. And Saka, the stardom. And the world class player already for me. So to the, the stepping stones towards getting to City... Arsenal is the closest team and Liverpool towards having that consistent, established winning culture. And yeah, Man, oh. U- Man United so away. <laughs> I, I, I know it's too soon to say it, but come on, Aston Villa. Okay, keep going, baby. Unai Emery with another feather in his cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, instead of, uh, well, let's see, he has made Villa Park, Unai Emery has made Aston Villa's Villa Park a verified fortress. Okay. We know this. 
right? Now, recently, he has also added to their repertoire last gasp equalizers to save points. That's mm-hmm. nice. But most recently over the weekend, he added a last gasp Ramontada to win 2-1 to one over Brentford. Mm-hmm. Um, and a big win for them. And it's just another feather in the cap of whatever culture has been developed um, at Unai Emery. But man, this week, this two, the last two weeks for, for Aston Villa um, has really beamed them up into an upper echelon of consistency that I don't think we're all... Uh, quite giving them enough credit for. I mean, to beat the the teams that they beat, including getting over the Pep Guardiola, Mikel Arteta hump, and then to come back and uh, qualify through their group, right, in Europe. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, to get this Remontada win versus Brentford um, with a nice little Bubakar Kamara assist on the match winner. I, I, I love it. I love what they're doing. And I just think... Um, uh, I hope it continues, man. I mean, Aston the Villa, same way... it's true. Aston Villa yeah, has 25 Premier League wins this calendar year. Their best ever Ooh. record and 81 points with all those wins. Love Only it. Man City are ahead of Aston Villa with Unai Emery. And people are still surprised of how Unai Emery is a top-class manager. Four Europa League ones. For a reason. Three in a row with Sevilla and one with Villarreal. In which Villarreal, really good job done. Unai Emery, like for me, underrated manager. And Sean Dyche too. That Sean Dyche, what he's (laughs) doing at Everton, it's been phenomenal. And Everton in their last four Premier League games, four wins and zero Zero goals conceded. It's with Brathwaite. It's with Pickford. It's with the right players with the right style of play too. Once again, Sean Dyche, the right manager for Everton. And if they didn't have those 10-point deduction, they would be one point away of Man United. So that was their motivation, (laughs) and it's changed their season. So let's pay attention to Everton now. Got to pay. Yeah, pay and uh, you know, just to remind people, um, you can you can thank the federation for this, right? Because now they've got that common enemy, and uh, they are fighting. They're already basically clear of relegation, but mm-hmm. uh, Sean Dyche is probably also just very very angry uh, at watching what Vincent Company has done to his Burnley. Uh, so um, he's going to make sure that Everton uh, stays clear of this so that they can open their stadium as a Premier League team. Um, and uh, who knows? He might be replaced before then. He might move on. They might outgrow him. Mm-hmm. But it's it all comes down to being in sync. It comes down to having that common enemy. And on top of that, they've got something that Newcastle doesn't, and that is away form. They have won six of their last seven away matches. Six of their last seven away matches. And that's doing it with a lot of the same structure, a lot of the same players that were stuck in this mire of last season's relegation battle, mm-hmm. right? That they had to fight for their life. And uh, Amadou Onana, I'm just going to say it again, that midfield is still so fun to watch. Amadou on- Onana specifically this weekend impressed the heck out of me as he does as that Swiss Army knife, that utility man that just does so much work uh, within that Everton midfielder. So I, I agree um, the same way we're doing a PSV heat check. I know they're not at the, the, the tippy top of the table, but you got to do an Everton heat check right now because they are feeling it and they are all in each other's corners and to be honest I think they've unified the fan base which was relatively fractured last season with how to proceed ahead in terms of uh you know fighting the ownership group fighting different they still got a lot to work through but Everton is flying high right now and uh good on you 
It's true. Very, very true. And that ends our Premier League talk, people. Let us know down below what have we missed. Let us know who, what are your predictions towards Chelsea, towards Everton, towards City, and towards Man United that needs definitely a lot to change. Let us know down below in the comment mm. section. La Liga title race. It's been definitely interesting. That's the best definition because it's the Brasileiro. It's La Liga that we're seeing a Girona <laughs> leading the way. It. So interesting to see. And Atlético de Madrid having a tough time against Bilbao. Anything can happen this season in La Liga. And we got to highlight the bad form too of Barcelona. Xavi ball yeah. is not going well right now. And Barcelona have gone 17 wins. Uh, Barcelona has gone 17 games without winning for more than one goal. That shows the lack of efficiency. And their first Barcelona are first in big chances missed in La Liga. And first in expected goals. Lewandowski needs to do better and expect Vitor Hock to have a chance. Vitor Hock can make something happen for this Barcelona team. If you see him play Atletico de Paranes, you will know. Vitor Hock had 44 games, 21 goals and 7 assists mm. in 2023. Lewandowski, yeah. this is what you need. Competition in order to Maybe get a Piccini. That was very bold when you're competing against Jude Bellingham right now. <laughs> yeah, it is. And and who's in second place? But uh, former Real Madrid. No, no. no. Well, no. It's uh, Bor Borja Mayoral. Ah, Mayoral. Hatafe. Okay. Um, good yeah, former uh, former Real Madrid loanee. He's got. He's up to 10, 10 goals now for Hatafe. Um, but listen, I I. You already said it. I, I think you put the blame kind of squarely, obviously, on the attack right now. I mean, nobody can make Xavi uh, make Ferran Torres put the ball in the back of the net, make Rafinha put the ball in the back of the net, make Lewandowski put the ball under the back of the net. You would think that their quality would precede themselves and they'd get it done. But we all knew at some point Lewandowski would slow down some. I'm mm -hmm. not saying he's not going to score a whole lot of goals and heat up again. But come on, I mean, that's like he's a pretty old striker. He's been out there for a really long time, and he definitely seems like he's slowing down some, which is weird to say. But I think one of the bigger things that might be getting papered over some is, uh, I guess I'll call him just because they both start with G, but I'll call him the Gavi glue. Mm. Gavi is a bigger piece to that midfield than I think anyone was um, uh, aware yeah. of. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think his tenacity, his persistence, I mean, a lot of those intangibles we talk about, on top of the fact that he could go deep lying, he could play forward, he could play on the uh, on mm -hmm. either flank if he needed to. I mean, he he was uh, wear your heart on the sleeve type of a uh, type of a Barcelona Captain, appeal. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I and I know he's so young, but I, I guess maybe the Gavi glue is a real thing it's because true. he is that glue to that midfield. And I, I think I certainly wasn't giving him enough credit for maybe what's happening um, there. Uh, no, does that force uh, those three gentlemen up top? Or um, I know Jao Felix is like the only one scoring goals right now, but. <laughs> Any of those guys, it doesn't force them to put the ball into the back of the net. But I think missing Gavi is a big piece to this kind of hiccup here. And uh, this is a nice test of what Xavi's man managerial skills are. Because we have to remember, Xavi is a ridiculous player. Uh, but his managerial uh, career has been relatively limited before taking over Barcelona. 
So this is a really interesting period of time as they chase Real Madrid and they chase uh, Hirona of mm -hmm. all teams at the top of the table. But um, and for Deku, I think as they'll a get sporting back to director it. too for Deku, he was mm -hmm. just appointed. Yeah. Deku didn't appoint Xavi. So that is, it must be a tense time. It time if things don't go well, if Barca don't finish top two, Xavi's gonna have a tough time with Deku. It's not gonna be some easy, mm. difficult conversations would happen. And right now, Frankie De Jong can play, Pedri can play, Gundogan can play, Oriol Romeo can play, and without Gavi, we see a bad Barcelona. He's the heartbeat of that team and the captain, the captain of. The team too. Intensity in duels, leadership in terms of the pitch. You can see every single point Gavi does take over, Bretton. I completely agree. Whoa. And the Sparta team is desperate towards having a CDM, a top class CDM. Kimish or Zubi Mendy would do just that. Not having a midfield with Pedri, um, Frankie De Jong, and Gundogan, that all of them cannot do what a Busquets role or a Rodri can do. That, that's why I'm referring to Zubi Mendy and Frank and uh, Zubi Mendy and Kimish players that would change yeah. the immediately the style of play and are very very needed, very needed. Brunson. Yeah, well, I, and wingers I, I, efficiency. <laughs> Barcelona yeah. need efficiency with their wingers. The best trio we've ever seen at Barcelona, that iconic trio with Messi, Suarez, and Neymar. They scored 364 goals in three seasons. We we do not have remotely the same feeling with the front trio now at Barcelona. The, the downgrade is immense. Even a Luis Suarez at Gremio, right now at Barcelona, he will be scoring goals. Back in 2020, one of the, the, one of the worst decisions ever in Barcelona history happened by letting go of Luis Suarez for 6 million to Atletico de Madrid. And he scored 21 mm. goals that season for Atletico and Atletico won La Liga, their first time in seven years. Seven years, mm. the Luis Suarez effect, and they replaced him with Brath White. I hope Deku yeah. doesn't do decisions like this <laughs> for the future of Barcelona. It can happen. Uh, Alemani left. Uh, I want to see better yeah. solutions, Breton. Wingers that score yeah, goals. Enzo Fati's at Brighton. Enzo Fati scores yeah. more than Rafinha, in my point of view. Heck, I'd like to see more of Mark Gay, but I, I don't know if he's going to give him the opportunity he will. Um, there. He, he and I, has I, to. You think so? He has to. Okay. I he mean, has to. You Mark need Gay somebody, you need somebody with a chip on his shoulder, right? And I think only La Masia can um, mm -hmm. provide that right now. You need a chip on their shoulder. Someone that is going to fight tooth and nail. I, I, I'm going to be... This is a little tongue-in-cheek, and it's probably a little too forward, but from what I've watched of Barcelona, the one thing I am not is entertained, mm -hmm, right? Exactly. Um, there, there, there's a project that's happening here. I'm sure Xavi will get to that. He probably doesn't have the personnel he needs, so obviously I'm willing to wait. Um, but I, if it's if the if it's the difference between a Barcelona game and a Real Madrid game, and um, and I am a complete neutral. Right in this scenario, I'm going to pick the Real Madrid game for sure. Um, as it stands, in terms of how Xavi is lining them up, and I think he's capable of probably expecting more of them, but he probably doesn't have the personnel he needs to do it um, just yet. But I do have to say, mm. as much as I like Vitor Roca, mm -hmm. seeing the the uh, pictures and the videos of. Endrick coming <laughs> off of a, a second Brazilian Round Championship at the tender age of whatever the heck he 17. is, much younger than I am, right? 17 years old. Um, watching him have a conversation with Eduardo Camavinga, with Jude Bellingham, um, 
already looking like he's part of right uh, Los Blancos. It is uh, it, it is pretty pretty interesting um, to see how that is just kind of an addendum to an already incredibly strong core of uh, Wonder Kid Galacticos well that they've uh, that they've amassed there. Well so it, it's 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 interesting. And yet Barcelona is not out of the race. And yet Barcelona is not out of Champions League football. So they are still in this thing. Um, but January, I don't know what what magic they can pull, considering or what levers they can pull to get who they need. So Vitor Roca, it's going to come down to whether or not he can hit that ground uh, running. Imagine Echeverri. Uh, Imagine we'll Echeverri with Laminha Mal both wings for Barcelona. It's the second half of the season. It'll cost 25 million Barcelona, but it would be promising to watch. And then a Vitor Roque to replace a Lewandowski. Boy, oh boy. Rafinha is not looking good. And I'm talking about under 18 players to replace Rafinha. Okay, Rafinha needs to start scoring goals. Rafinha needs to start looking like a Brazil national team player to start because Martinelli's yeah. here to stay. Paqueta, even a hat trick of assists. Ooh. Elite yeah, second players. Second Il Brazilian to do that. Second Brazilian, right? In uh, Premier League history to do that. Roberto Firmino being the first. Yes, for sure. That's correct. That is fact. And yeah. Kudus and Paqueta. What a duo that is growing at, in London, okay? I wanted to mention that. But you said Real Madrid, it's fucked. Hendrik has an aura when he meets those players of Real Madrid. Hendrik, you yeah. can see that he's charismatic at 17. Hendrik is a, team, mm -hmm. a player that will not leave the Brazil national team anymore. Hendrik is a world-class potential player. And the Jude Bellingham-Hendrik duo... Mm -hmm will do proper damage next season. It will be Hendrik talked big time. I'm not predicting already ahead of Rodrigo and ahead of Vinicius, but I've said it. The potential of Hendrik is to win a Ballon d'Or in the next five years well, if he goes right with Ancelotti. Ancelotti or Xabi yeah. Alonso. That, that would but be... But what Hendrik... What Hendrik mm -hmm. possesses uh, that that is going to hurt Barcelona long term uh, because of his, I think, his rapid ascent to stardom... Uh, Endrick possesses that intangible that is just that desire to win mm -hmm. um, and that desire to fight for every ball. I remember being more impressed than the goals that he scored for Paul Marish, uh, being more impressed with his constitution on the pitch, right? His ability to run after every ball. And I don't know, that probably softens over the years, right? When you're 23 and you're just making millions and millions and millions. Mm. But this kid right now um, will fight for every inch and that is going to be such a boon, like a good addition to Real Madrid's second half of the season. Um, assuming, you know, nothing bad happens there. But I just think that if you're picking uh, Endrick over Vitor Roca, um, I, I think Barcelona would rather have Endrick lining up for their 11 than Vitor Roca. Ooh, that's early. Um, that and, and that's a debate it, it, in Brazil. It is early. Right now, Vitor yeah. Roque and Hendrik, they have the same potential in my point of view. But I agree. In mm. terms of talent, raw talent, yeah. I think Hendrik has more than Vitor Roque. Vitor Roque, trabalha, meu caro. É o início. It's the start, okay? <laughs> We're, and we for sure it believe is. in Vitor Roque. We follow him since he was at Cruzeiro. Vitor Roque. Yeah. But right now, if yeah. Jude Bellingham gets a shoulder injury for Real Madrid... No more Champions League and no more La Liga 1. No more La Liga 1. Even Girona and will, can be ahead of uh, Jude yep. Bellingham. No, S. Real Madrid. <laughs> they need him. If they don't have Jude yep. Bellingham, that will be very bad. But this season, Real Madrid, no Courtois, 
no Militão, no Camavinga, no Chouameni at times, mm -hmm. no Vinicius at, at times, but Bellingham was consistently there, and Hendrik, I believe, in the future, will consistently be there too. Calafat yeah. masterclass in scouting with Florentino Perez. It's not easy to yeah. do a rebuild and to stay at the top, just like we see with Man City this season. Real Madrid are doing a great job and great there. scouting. There. Great scouting. Well, and, you know, listen, I, I know I know. even though the La Liga table says otherwise, right? I know we can't count Girona uh, I'm at seeing the great top scouting, of these, these powerhouses. <laughs> but listen, if we're talking great scouting, exactly. City Football Group being a 46, 47% owner, they obviously deserve a whole lot of love. Uh, heck, for those of you that don't know, Pep Guardiola's brother, Per Guardiola, is the chairman <laughs> and also a minority investor slash minority owner of Hirona as well. And yes, while they are City Football Group um, built, if mm -hmm. you will, or financed, 47%. Um, that does not... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that does not take away from their ability to identify talent that will go in and immediately become part of the fabric of what Hirona is trying to do. Sure. Yes, there is a good amount of overperformance here, probably to whatever the mean is that we have not identified. But they have done what they have done to mm -hmm. be near the top of the table, right? They have done what they have done by identifying wonderful pieces that can contribute right away at a La Liga level, a leading La Liga level. And I'm talking about bringing in Eric Garcia from Barcelona, bringing in Daly Blind on a free, bringing in Pablo Torre, who has not had a massive impact just yet, but I am going to say it right now, Pablo Torre will have a big second half of the season for Girona as their depth get tested. Bringing in Paulo Gazaniga, Bringing in um, Alex Garcia was a free transfer. Cost him nothing. <laughs> and that guy could be sold for 2025 right now and be their all-time large, you know, uh, all-time club record uh, sale. So all of that pales in comparison. You know, doing it on shoestring budget is pretty amazing. And yet when they spend money, they have hit pretty much every time. Uh, bringing in Saigenkov from Dinamo Kiev. Bringing in Artem, uh, Artem Dovbik is their club record signing, and he's got eight goals, four assists this season. I don't know what to tell you. It might be a lot of luck there, but you have to give them a whole lot of credit um, for what they are getting for what is currently on their roster. And Christian Suwani, 37-year-old Uruguayan striker, is like the purest testament to this because he has been with them through their promotion originally then their relegation then their subsequent promotion again and now they are second place in la liga's table and he's got six goals two assists and just had a goal and an assist against barcelona as they became you know whatever <laughs> captains of the catalan the catalonia whatever you want to call it right mm -hmm. so it is just I, I we don't talk enough about how cool this story is or maybe we do but i love talking about it and their manager michelle deserves credit as well um i don't know too too much about where uh, he came from um, but it is going to be interesting he came from Oeshka, okay. and he is a uh, an investment from uh guardiola's brother the chairman of uh girona trusts a lot michelle uh -huh. that has 108 games for girona managing this shows you got to trust your manager and pick the right mm -hmm. players for the right style of play girona is 100%. is it shows that that's the definition of fuck when you do things the right way girona mm -hmm. newcastle it. we have new teams 
ascending to the world's high, highest level in football. And it's all because of elite scouting and great decision making. Guardiola's brother chairman is elite for Girona for what he's doing. He's been a key factor in Savi's decision. Miguel Gutierrez's decision. Uh, players like Artem Dovbeck, Jan Koto too. What a right back he's playing for Girona. Yeah, absolutely. At Braga wasn't at his best, but at Girona, he's proving to be key. Alex Garcia, yeah. three goals, four assists, and he was selected Beautiful. for Spain. The captain mm -hmm. of Girona, as you mentioned, came for free. So good yeah. decision-making being rewarded. But do you believe Girona will finish top three in La Liga, Breton? I'm going to say that uh, I don't think this magic is fizzling out anytime soon. I believe that there is enough... Uh, parity within La Liga, enough fixtures where Barcelona will drop points, or even Real Madrid will drop points from here on out. I believe Verona will finish top three by the end of the season, and I do believe that they will be in European football. Ooh, um, which I think would just be amazing to see. Both. And you know who's not in European football? It's kind of like a changing of the guard in some respects. Sevilla. Dead last, Champions League, and, uh, and just let a manager. go of Diego Alonso. <laughs> Diego Alonso after 14 years games 14 games and he's gone um it's 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 turmoil for them but i know it. a lot of europe i know a lot of europa league teams are sighing a a wonderful sigh of relief uh seeing that Sevilla is sent home uh without anything going on but they did they followed up getting a dead last in their champions league group with mm, i don't know losing long. to hatafe three zip ah, so, so that was bad that yeah. was bad and long yeah. did beat them which did and disable the fact that they can go to the third place and get europa league and sergio rems so was long. definitely not happy to not get european competitions in the sevilla team that he went to play european football so that was not good to see but we have mm -hmm. another topic that we want to mention the under 23 uh, players under 23 players that the big teams are definitely going to be fighting for them and we're not going to say for sure that they will be leaving but we want to refer to them because they are going to be talked massively in january and the next summer too my first player will be nico williams that signed an extension for atletico bilbao but nico williams right now in, in la liga has three goals and five assists he's the leader mm -hmm. joint leader in assists he's the number one player in terms of attacking threats and second in dribbles this is what Barca needs. A player efficient yeah. and young and a starter for the national team. Players that gives guarantees. This is what Barca needs. Nico Williams. <laughs> Wanted yeah. to refer to Nico yeah. Williams, Bretton. <laughs> oh, that I mean, that that is going to be the fight uh, for sure. And it's just whether or not he winds up in uh, the Prem or La Liga uh, for me. Uh, I would love to see him in the Prem. I just don't know. I don't know with who. Uh, but yeah, no, I love that. I'm going to go a little bit younger here. And, and I know, you know, young goalkeepers, right. That are starting across top five, top seven Euro leagues. Um, they're, they're a diamond, diamond dozen, right. They don't come around very often. Mm -hmm. Um, but the raw talent on, uh, Guillaume Restes, who plays for Toulouse, mm. um, Toulouse, I think there, there's only one player that has played every minute this season, and that is this 18-year-old goalkeeper, Guillaume Restes. And it, it reminds me a little bit of Albin Lafont <laughs> and Ilan Meslier's kind of ascendancy. And then, you know, Lafont kind of stagnated. He had some injuries, and Meslier has kind of, you know, well, he's down in the championship, um, fighting their way back up with Leeds United. Restes, I think, is probably going to learn from that um, and, and maybe uh, hold off 
on making a big jump because what I'm seeing right now is Bayern Munich really would like to sign him mm. uh, as the long-term successor to Manuel Neuer, um, which makes sense, but you also don't want to sign him to just come sit right mm-hmm. There. Exactly. Um, so Reste is like the next decision because let's be honest, French goalkeepers, you never know what's going to happen. Um, he's under contract until 2028. Uh, but I really, really love the raw talent of this kid. Toulouse has had a tough go of it in legal in this season because guess what? They're fighting in the Europa League. They mm-hmm. made it through the Europa League group. He's already playing Europa League football as an 18-year-old goalkeeper, playing against Liverpool, playing against Union Saint-Gilloise. They made it through. They'll play in the knockout rounds, and they are also fighting uh, for the first time in a long time in Ligue 1, and uh, they're not having a great go of it after having an amazing season last season. Mm-hmm. So uh, Guillaume Restes, 18-year-old goalkeeper for Toulouse, has got to be one you've got to watch if you don't know him yet, which I'd be shocked if you don't know him yet. One of the biggest wonder kids in Ligue 1. In Liga, definitely sure. a goalkeeper. It reminds me too, Breton, about Alvon Lafon. Yeah. Hey, so many parallels. But my players, now yeah. I'm going to be a bit Portuguese biased because, yes, I follow the Portuguese league. I always watch Sporting. I always watch Benfica, and I always watch Porto. So for sure, I'll have to be mentioning. I'm going to be mentioning two players <laughs> in these five. Okay. But I for sure don't want them to leave in January, okay, people, in this video. <laughs> I don't want Gosal Inácio to leave in January Sporting. But do I understand the interest? For sure. A team like Liverpool, a team like Man United are desperate for a player like Gonzalo Inácio. An elite passer that adds a lot of experience at such a young age. Gonzalo Inácio has played 143 games for Sporting. That is monumental. And Gonzalo Inácio has been selected for Portugal. He's played four games for the national team and he will not be leaving he is the future of portugal left-footed young center back with experience with elite passing that is one of the best traits if not the best trait of gonzalo inacio so you have been warned gonzalo inacio suitors all the all the hype is real for gonzalo inacio well you you forgot to add the qualifier of elite goal scorer as well (laughs) in corners in corners he's very good in set pieces yes he scored two goals for portugal and he scored yeah. this weekend in a Euro- uh, this weekend this week in Europa League, twice. Oh man, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I I know a team in the Premier League that basically only scores off of uh, off of corners, and I think that's Everton. Uh, but I think that's a little bit out of their price range, um, Gonzalo Inacio. But I I find it really hard pressed that he does not leave in January because there is that much love for him and that much desire uh, for defensive reinforcements for some massive clubs. So yeah, you're 100% correct. There's going to be a battle um, for Inacio, for sure. (laughs) For sure. A battle, yeah. Who would you pick? uh, Gonzalo Inacio or Todibo? Um, I would pick uh, Gonzalo Inacio. a little bit of an injury history. Yeah, he's got an injury history. I'd pick Inacio as well. Yeah. The best yep. passer, he may not be as physical as Todibo, but he is a very smart center back. Please pay attention. You have been warned. The Gosali Nasu hype is real, people. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, I'll um I'll go back. I don't know why I'm uh in Liverpool's group in the Europa League a lot. I'm gonna talk about uh Mohamed Amora 
23-year-old forward. And why am I going to talk about a Union Sengilwaz striker who has really only made seven starts this season? Because we all know the pedigree that has come out of Union Sengilwaz right now, right? We saw Victor Boniface. We saw uh, Teddy Tuma. We saw um, Simon Adingra on loan. Uh, Mm -hmm. We saw Matoma before that. Uh, we've seen Dante Vanzier, uh, Vanzier, but Mohamed Amor is an Algerian international that was bought for a paltry sum, not even like 10% of what they got for Boniface, uh, bought from Lugano in the Swiss Super League, uh, didn't even make the starting 11 for Union Sengilwaz this season, coming off of them winning last season, right? Um, and what we're looking at right now is a player that just had a goal and an assist against Liverpool in their last game in the Europa League. He then, uh, you look at his pro league starts, and he's got seven starts with 12 goals for Union Sengilwaz. And a team that lost Adingra from loan, they lost Boniface, they lost Tuma, they lost Seni Leinen, who was a very good midfield conductor for them, uh, to Werder Bremen. Uh, they are on top of the table again because this guy cannot stop scoring. He's already an Algerian international um, and it's somebody that if you're if you watch Boniface's ascendancy, you're gonna have to watch what they're gonna do for Amora. Now I think January is too early, but I think you're gonna see a lot of hype around him uh, over the coming months. In January, you're gonna get definitely a lot of like, what's next? Because if Boniface goes for twenty and this guy matches his output, my guess is that you know in, um, inflation is probably gonna lead to him going for twenty plus right, in the True. near future, if he can keep this up. Um, now, I don't think he's as talented as Boniface, mm-hmm. but then again, he only just got started. Seven starts, 12 goals. Um, this this kid, is uh, he's killing it, and he's only 23 years old. And, so, and you're mentioning we'll St. Gilles. Pay attention to Puertas. Puertas is a great oh, yeah, distributor yeah, yeah. on ball. I like this kid, okay? Royal St. Gilles keeps on delivering. Yep. The same owner they do. as Brighton. Brighton, baby. Oh. <laughs> I love oh. Tony Bloom. Tony Blue is a genius. It's a genius for what he's doing in these two teams. If I want one owner, if I want one owner to bankroll my team, it's Tony Bloom. (laughs) He just, he just, he just has an idea and he lets you run with it. And uh, you know, I know there will be hiccups, I'm sure, along the way. But I think Brighton, uh, San Gilwaz. I mean, it's the next multi-club structure that you're going to have to watch in the future. And uh, I'm going to be mentioning a player that for sure Tony Bloom can't sign. Another Portuguese man, João. Neves, mm. another player that will for sure not leave the Portuguese national yeah. team. João Neves is the best midfielder in the Portuguese league. He was also the player with most ground duels won in the Champions League. Benfica didn't impress, but João Neves, mm-hmm. Neves did so. Please see the pre-assist, the pass he did to Archens, and Benfica's third goal was a Leads and crucial against Red Bull Salzburg. Jonevs is a player to go to Man City or to Bayern Munich. He has that high caliber and he will for sure be a starter for a top team in Europe real soon. Elite decision making, intensity in duels, phenomenal. Jonevs has so many capabilities that he's already a top player at 19 years old. So, Keep yeah, it's scary. going bold, Shonevs. <laughs> Intelligence too. Well, like he's so intelligent, yeah. Bretson. Well, that is uh, that goes without saying. Um, I mean, I was just shocked seeing him live, uh, and I, I like that he's kind of like a mighty might. I like that he's smaller. Um, get this done, and actually, you know, his IQ reminds me a little bit of the next guy I'm going to talk about because I'm not really talking about you know big heavy hitters like Jao Neves, but. Uh, Aruna Sangante, you've heard of him? 
He's the uh, he's the captain, twenty one year old captain center back for La Havre, and had been with them in League Two mm. uh, until they won promotion. He's got over like eighty five games for them, and he is earning all the plaudits in league on this season. Um, and he is the captain, if I did not already mention that, uh, as I think he's already got like six clean sheets for them this season. They had four straight zero zero, uh, you know, um, uh, results. Uh, that was a big reason because their defense is one of the best in Lyon. Their offense mm -hmm. is absolutely horrendous, but they are still making their way through it. Now, Sangante's come up quite a bit recently. Um, like on the lower end kind of cost efficiency scale of bigger clubs, it's more likely he has a stepping stone club like I could see Fulham going for him because at 21 years old, um, he's played in the six for them. He's played at the eight, but obviously he excels at center back and has played most of it uh, at center back and kind of marauds forward because he apparently is so damn smart. Um, and that's what uh, Le Havre likes about him. That's what a lot of league on clubs. So if PSG or Lille or Stade Rene or any of these clubs don't come in for him first, I could see somebody like a Fulham coming in for him or somebody mid-tier uh, Premier League coming in for this kid who's only 21. Uh, I don't think he's yet to be called up for Senegal. Um, that's coming down the pike very shortly. But if you look at breakout stars in legal in this particular season, you will see Aruna Sangante um, at the tippy top of that list. And I am surprised he hasn't been talked about more. Mm. Surprised. Surprised, but we'll scouts see. for sure will be paying attention, okay? This is a player sure. that is having an impact for Le Havre and immediate, as you're mentioning. I think it's a cheat yeah. code to mention Bayer Leverkusen in the comment section. Players like Fringpong, <laughs> Bonnie, Fast, Flori, and Wirtz. Please do not do Everyone. that, FC Wonder listeners. But let us know. Who are five players that you believe for sure teams will be fighting over that are not the names of Boniface, Florian Wiers, Jeremy Fringpong that we all know mm. that will be the case, people, okay? Let us know and subscribe to FC Wonder Kid that we will be releasing a video with five players that absolutely need a move on YouTube, oh, people, desperate. during the week. We will talk about the desperate new moves that need to happen. And last topic here, I think it's disrespectful and we gotta mention it here at FC Wonder Kid, the FIFA best awards, men's best awards. So wrong to see. If we see a yeah. FIFA best men's player, the FIFA, the FIFA's best man, I, the FIFA best <laughs> player nominees, we you see Lionel it. Messi, Erling Haaland, and <laughs> Kylian Mbappe. And it's disrespectful towards Man City to see those three being the choices. It, it's after the World Cup. It's after the World Cup, people. How can this be the case yeah. now? I, I, um, I, the only way I can explain this, Alex, is that it's a marketing ploy. Mm. That's it. You know how, uh, you know how no, no, what is it? No bad. There is no such thing as bad press is what they say. Right. And if Erling Holland is one of the finalists and he very, very likely is going to win the dang thing. My guess is that they decided to publicize the fact that the world cup did not necessarily, uh, take part in this window. And then they still, threw Lionel Messi in there. They still threw Kylian Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe deserves to be there more than Messi does um, in this instance. But at the same time, complete and utter disrespect for, to guys like Rodri, to uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, so I, I am with you in the camp. The only thing I can think of is let's piss everybody off so that they talk about it more. And they got us hook, line, and sinker. But at the same time, it needs to be said, like, 
have some flipping standards when it comes to these awards. Let us all understand exactly mm-hmm. how they're voted on, uh, what the criteria is, and then stick to the dang criteria. Mm-hmm. Please, just do it. Because otherwise, it loses relevance. I don't care. You know who winds up getting, you know, they, Erling Holland winds up getting a nice little trophy, maybe a little bump in his bank account. I don't know. I don't know what comes after this. When it comes down to it, us as fans, it loses relevance. I mean, there's enough people out there that don't even like the Ballon d'Or conversation anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? It's losing credibility it, as we speak. It is. Because of who wins. Right. For sure. The best FIFA men's award loses credibility with having Holland, Messi, and Mbappe. Players that only won Ligue 1. If you see the achievements, the justified achievements with Messi, they say Ligue 1 winner, uh, team of the year of Ligue 1, and a player that, yes, became the all-time goal scorer in the top five leagues. A heavy statement for sure, but is that to win the, the best player? It cannot be the case. If Erling Haaland loses this, it's a robbery, daylight robbery. If Erling Haaland loses yep. FIFA, the best award. Rodri deserves to be in the top three for sure. Maybe even a Vinicius Jr. for what he's done yep. for Real Madrid and how important he was with Ancelotti. Without Vinicius Jr., I don't know if Ancelotti would have done such a good job for sure. That is fact. The qualifying period of the best FIFA award is from the 19th of December to the 20th of August. What did Messi win that is highly relevant to me in the discussion? I'm starting to believe that Ronaldo is hated a lot, Breton. I'm starting to believe that. The more time passes in my life, I'm starting to I'm starting to understand that, that Ronaldo says, "Look, people just hate me for being me," and I'm starting yeah, to well. I'm starting to see that, Breton. You know what, Ronaldo? Ronaldo will be uh, 53 years old, scoring 30 goals in the Saudi ah, Pro League no, still, no, no, and no, no, uh, no, no, and we'll no, still no, we'll no, still be having this conversation. No, 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 no. He, he might uh, be going to the MLS one day. You never know. He'd like the World Cup. Maybe uh, he felt. Maybe he's impressed uh, with the World Cup. Maybe he's listen, maybe Ronaldo's impressed when he goes to, to to play the World Cup, and he says, "Oh, the states, the MLS." Great facilities, yeah. great stadiums, grass pitches yeah. in all the stadiums now. <laughs> mm, yeah, not enough. Not enough. I mean, Aaron Rodgers would tell you not enough grass pitches. Uh, but that's that's NFL. That's different sport. Uh, but yeah, no. We're talking we're talking MLS really, really quickly. I gotta tell you, if I'm disappointed in anybody, it's not this FIFA's best. I am I am disappointed in Major League Soccer right now. They just came out with their new competitive standards, their new uh, changes. We all thought they were going to open the purse strings a little more for the the, uh, owners, and uh, they did not, sir. And I think it's going to wind up being either a – it's a massive, massive slap in the face to the owners that want to be ambitious in this league. Um, So I hope that they they renege. I hope they change some things. They also pulled all of their senior squads out of the U.S. Open Cup, which is like the FA Cup here, um, except Mm. a lot less... um, the kind USL interest, teams unfortunately. Pay, play. Do, yeah. Does any time the USL teams play against the MLS teams? That's it. That's it. That That's doesn't when it happen. Happens and they've that 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 will not happen from here on out. They're going to hey. review it at year after year. But essentially, uh, they're making it very elitist and annoying, and they're doubling down on leagues cup. So now, there's no I promotion or relegation, and they do this too. Embarrassing. Correct. It is it from a competitive standpoint for somebody that has been a fan of of watching the development of American American soccer American football over the years. Uh, it is kind of a slap in the face uh, for what they're trying to do, which is maximize um, the competitive heaviness 
of when Messi and some of the big stars that come in, uh, when they play, they want to maximize, you know, not just uh, the exposure, but the financials behind it. I guess it makes sense, but it still pisses me off no less uh, because I think there's room for all of the above and there's room to cater to those that have watched the development over the years and also the newfangled uh, uh, fans and eyeballs on the league. So I'm, I'm, I really hope that they, they renege uh, and they, they change some things from here on out. With that said, it is what it is, and we'll see what happens. Uh, and welcome Emil Forsberg to the New York Red Bulls. Um, but that's <laughs> I saw it. that. Emil Forsberg, that, for sure, he's always been with the Red Bull group, and he keeps yeah. on doing it. And it's going to be really good to see a player that plays we'll for see. Sweden. He plays for Swedish national team, a starter, Emil Forsberg. But let us know down below, what have we missed in episode 136? Let Like this video if you're listening to until now. Subscribe to FC Wonder Kid because we will be releasing uh, more videos on YouTube. And let us know, what have we missed once again? Thank you for listening to another FC Wonder Kid podcast. And thank you for going bold, people.